Chapter Seventeen of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Four, by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Doctor Griffon. François and Amandine had contrived to convey Fleur de Marie near the fire when Monsieur de Saint Remy and Doctor Griffon, who had crossed the river in Nicolas' boat, entered the house. Whilst the children were making the fire burn up, Doctor Griffon bestowed on the young girl his utmost care the poor girl cannot be more than seventeen at most exclaimed the count who was looking on what do you think of her doctor her pulse is scarcely perceptible but strange to say the skin of the face is not livid in the subject as is usually the case in asphyxia from submersion replied the doctor with professional calmness and contemplating fleur de marie with a deeply meditative air dr griffon was a tall thin man pallid and completely bald except two tufts of thin black hair carefully brushed back on the pole and flattened on the temples his countenance wrinkled and furrowed by the fatigues of study was calm intelligent and reflective profoundly learned of great experience and a skilful practitioner first surgeon at a civil hospital where we shall again encounter him dr griffon had but one defect that of completely abstracting himself from the patient and only considering the disease young or old rich or poor was no matter he only thought of medical fact more or less remarkable which the subject presented for him there was nothing but subjects what a lovely face how beautiful she is in spite of this frightful paleness said m de Serimy. did you ever see milder or more expressive features my dear doctor and so young so young age is no consequence said the doctor abruptly no more than the presence of water in the lungs which was formerly thought fatal it was a gross error which the admirable experiments of goodwin the famous goodwin incontestably detected and exposed but doctor but it is a fact replied m griffon absorbed by the love of his art to detect the presence of any foreign liquid in the lungs goodwin plunged some cats and dogs several times into tubs filled with ink for some seconds taking them out alive and then after a time dissected the animals well he was convinced from the dissection that the ink had penetrated the lungs and that the presence of this liquid in the respiratory organs had not caused the death of the subject the count knew the doctor was a worthy creature at heart but that his mad passion for science made him often appear harsh and cruel have you any hope inquired m de serimy impatiently the extremities of the subject are very cold said the doctor there is but very slight hope ah poor child to die at that age is indeed a terrible pupil fixed dilated observed the doctor impassive and pushing up the frigid eyelid of fleur de marie with his forefinger what a singular man exclaimed the comte almost with indignation one would suppose you pitiless and yet i have seen you watch by my bedside for nights together had i been your brother you could not have been more generously devoted to me dr griffon still occupied in doing all that was requisite and possible for fleur de marie replied to the comte without looking at him and with imperturbable phlegm parbleu do you think one meets with an intermittent fever so wonderfully complicated as that you had it was wonderful my dear friend astonishing stupor delirium muscular action of the tendons syncopes 
that important fever combined the most varied symptoms you were indeed affected by a partial and momentary attack of paralysis and if it had presented nothing else why your attack was entitled to all the attention in my power you presented a magnificent study and truth to say my dear friend what i desire most in the world is to meet with such another glorious fever but that is a piece of good fortune that never occurs twice at this moment martial descended leaning on the arm of la louve who still retained over her wet clothes the plaid cloak which belonged to calabash struck with the paleness of martial and remarking his hands covered with dried blood the comte exclaimed who is this man my husband replied la louve looking at martial with an expression of happiness and noble pride impossible to describe you have a good and intrepid wife sir said the comte to him i saw her save this unfortunate young girl with singular courage yes sir my wife is good and intrepid replied martial with emphasis and regarding la louve with an air at once full of love and tenderness yes intrepid for she has also come in time to save my life your life exclaimed the comte look at his hands his poor hands said la louve wiping away the tears which softened the wild brightness of her eyes horrible cried the comte see doctor how his hands are hacked dr griffon turning his head slightly and looking over his shoulder at martial's hands said to him open and shut your hand martial did so with considerable pain the doctor shrugged his shoulders and continued his attentions to fleur-de-marie saying merely and as if with regret there's nothing serious in those cuts there's no tendon injured in a week the subject will be able to use his hands again then sir my husband will not be crippled said la louve with gratitude the doctor shook his head affirmatively and la goualeuse will recover won't she sir inquired la louve oh she must live for i and my husband owe her so much then turning towards martial poor dear girl there she is as i told you she who will perhaps be the cause of our happiness for it was she who gave me the idea of coming and saying to you all i have said what a chance that i should save her and here too she is a providence said martial struck by the beauty of la goualeuse what an angel's face oh she will recover will she not doctor i cannot say replied the doctor but in the first place can she remain here will she have all necessary attention here cried la louve why they commit murder here silence silence said martial the comte and the doctor looked at la louve with surprise this house in the isle has a bad reputation hereabouts and i am not astonished at it observed the doctor in a low tone to m de saint-remy you have then been the victim of some violence observed the comte to martial how did you come by those wounds they are nothing nothing sir i had a quarrel a struggle ensued and i was wounded but this young peasant girl cannot remain in this house he added with a gloomy air i cannot remain here myself nor my wife nor my brother nor my sister whom you see we are going to leave the isle never to return to it oh how nice exclaimed the two children then what are we to do said the doctor looking at fleur-de-marie it is impossible to think of conveying the subject to paris in her present state of prostration but then my house is quite close at hand my gardener's wife and her daughter are capital nurses 
and since the asphyxia by submersion interests you my dear saint-remy why you can watch over the necessary attentions and i will come and see her every day and you assume the harsh and pitiless man exclaimed the comte when as your proposal proves you have one of the noblest hearts in the world if the subject sinks under it as is possible there will be an opportunity for a most interesting dissection which will allow me to confirm once again goodwin's assertions how horridly you talk cried the comte for those who know how to read the dead body is a book in which they learn to save the lives of the diseased replied dr griffon stoically at last then you do good said m de saint-remy with bitterness and that is important what consequence is the cause provided that benefit results poor child the more i look at her the more she interests me and well does she deserve it i can tell you sir observed la louve with excitement and approaching him do you know her inquired the comte do i know her sir why it is to her i owe the happiness of my life and i have not done for her half of what she has done for me and la louve looked passionately towards her husband she no longer called him her man and who is she asked m de saint-remy an angel sir all that is good in this world yes and although she is dressed as a country girl there is no merchant's wife no great lady who can discourse as well as she can with her sweet little voice just like music she is a noble girl i say full of courage and goodness by what accident did she fall into the water i do not know sir then she is not a peasant girl asked the comte a peasant girl look at her small white hand sir true observed m de saint-remy what a strange mystery but her name her family come along said the doctor breaking into the conversation we must convey the subject into the boat half an hour after this fleur-de-marie who had not yet recovered her senses was in the doctor's abode lying in a good bed and maternally watched by m griffon's gardener's wife to whom was added la louve the doctor promised m de saint-remy who was more and more interested in la goualeuse to return to see her again in the evening martial went to paris with francois and amandine la louve being unwilling to quit fleur-de-marie before she had been pronounced out of danger the ile du ravageur remained deserted we shall presently find its sinister inhabitants at bras rouge's where they were to be joined by the chouette for the murder of the diamond matcher in the meantime we will conduct the reader to the rendezvous which tom sarah's brother had with the horrible hag the schoolmaster's accomplice End of chapter seventeen read by Celine Major.